your host, Katie, and this is Tea on the Rocks. Happy Thursday, or whatever day it is when you find yourself with my voice and your ears. Here at Tea on the Rocks, we discuss everything from navigating career changes to friendship breakups with a healthy dose of the fun, the feminine, and the basic. Hello, everyone. We are back with another episode of season two, episode five to be precise, and I can hardly believe it. I honestly can't believe it's March. I've pretty much said that to everybody that I've come to contact with in the past couple days. Like, I literally can't believe it's March. We're much closer to the summer than we are to winter, if that makes sense. And it's just kind of crazy. So today, I realized that in the last episode, I sat down and discussed my thoughts on the first Accord of Thorns and Roses book. Thank you, hashtag book talk, for getting me on the series. It's also a thank you and uh, how could you for getting me onto this series, honestly. Um, I want to kind of keep it light, keep it casual today's episode and dive into more about my thoughts on the entire series, not just the book. I have finished the whole thing. And well, there is another book that just came out um, within the last like six months, I think. And I have not read that one, but I have just picked it up today, so stay tuned for that. (laughs) Although I don't think I'm going to read it for a while, because I'm actually doing a reread of the first two books, because I feel like I've missed some kind of key plot points. Anyway, I'll get into that later. First, I want to do a couple of hot takes, and this one is a complete pivot from what I was just talking about, but I was... um, you know, I was doing some work yesterday and felt like kind of listening to something different than the usual kind of vibey music that I usually put on. And I started listening to some Disney tunes and I, I'm not a Disney adult as they say, but I do like a good Disney session. I'll put on a movie every now and again. Um, I'm not really so much into the new ones, but you know, I'm talking The Lion King, The Jungle Book, Sleeping Beauty, all those old ones that people born between like 1990 and 1997 grew up with. So, and of course, in the 80s and 70s, (laughs) I was listening to the uh, a song from the Hunchback of Notre Dame soundtrack, which is called Hellfire, and I really like just want to know who was letting us watch these movies who was letting them make these movies like the hunchback of notre dame like of course the book is 20 times more terrible i haven't read it but you know i read the wikipedia article and it was pretty crazy (laughs) and you know i i realized that the movie was quite watered down of course but like like literally like let's think about it for a second the villain sings into a fire a fire like a huge fireplace fire all night long about how he desires the female lead Esmeralda who I definitely wanted to be he desires her so much that he's willing to disrupt and disorder the entire city set it ablaze and tie her to a pyre you know, a stake and burn her alive if she doesn't sleep with him. Like, really? Like, someone was like, yeah, like, that sounds good. Anyway, just wanted to put that in your brains. Another hot take. 
I just want to say, I know I've talked about this in the last episode, but I am just really glad that Miss Kim Kardashian is legally single. Kanye was terrorizing her and harassing her. And if that's okay, like if that's what he was posting on social media, can you imagine what he was saying to her in private to their kids? Like, no, you know, again, this isn't new except for the fact that the court declared her legally single as per her request recently. And I think, I don't think the divorce is final, but I think they separated it so that the divorce was really only handling like the division of their assets, but she can, like, she's not married anymore, if that makes sense. Like she could go get married to someone tomorrow if she wanted to. I don't recommend it, you know, (laughs) but she could if she wanted And before I get into the meat and potatoes, which is, of course, just a quarter of thorns and roses, again, you know, I know this maybe isn't like the heaviest hitting episodes of you want to maybe listen to another one instead. I totally get you. (laughs) I realize it's quite niche. In any case, I just want to give us all a collective like shout out for getting through these past two years. My life has changed so much for the better you know, in ways that I never could have imagined. Like I switched career paths, made some awesome new friends, met some awesome new colleagues. I've become so much more confident in myself, my abilities. I started this podcast, you know, but of course it's been sucky too, like global pandemic and world wars aside, you know, restrictions and general anxiety and fear in the collective, like lots of social media discourse, angry vibes all around. Um, I'm not as social as I once was and kind of live a very hermity lifestyle. Like aside from John and my immediate family, I see maybe like two people, maybe three, depending on the month. It's just like, this has caused my general interpersonal skills to suffer in my personal life. Eh, You know, work is work and you have to be professional. And obviously that's a, a muscle I flex much more often, but I think of my personal life, I'm just not as patient as I used to be with people. Not that I was ever an example of patience to begin with, but it's definitely something that I'm working on. You know, and there's also been health issues and just a bunch of other stuff. So I think that we can all sort of take time to reflect on the good and the bad, but also just be like, wow, like we, you know, we made it through, we pulled through, like we're still here. Still lots to experience and enjoy, so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Obviously, there are spoilers for the series. So if you don't want to hear a spoiler, carry on with your life. So um, I am a speed reader, and like I've mentioned, I am rereading the first two books. I have reread half of the first one, the, the end half, and then I've started to reread the second one. Because speed reading is not the flex that people think it is. You know, it's obviously great to be able to read quickly, but it's like the information retention is sometimes a little bit lacking. Like a brief for work or whatever is sent over. I have to reread that a thousand times and slowly in order for it to sink in. Like just because you can read quickly does not mean you can remember easily or retain easily. And also, you know, when it comes to recreational reading, I kind of get bored very easily. And, you know, that's just undiagnosed ADHD or something. You know, I'll skim through. So I know roughly what's going on, but I miss like key plot points. 
So while I do have the last book in the series, which is, well, I shouldn't say the last, the most recent book in the series, which is A Court of Silver Flames, um, like, uh, respectfully, you know, it's just, these titles, they're, they're a lot, they're a little bit extra. Anyway, I do not even know where to begin. Let's start with the honest truth. I liked these books. <laughs> But in the way that you like a piece of chocolate cake or a trashy reality TV show, like Summer House. You ever watch Summer House? That's a, that's a good, it's enjoyable, right? Some reality TV shows aren't enjoyable. It's very like serotonin, you know what I mean? And it's the equivalent of a well-written fanfic. You know, if you like the classics and you view it as a retelling, it is a fanfic. The first book is literally an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. And I think another Celtic tale. I don't know if it's Celtic, but I think it's called The Ballad of Tam Lin. And one of the title characters in the first book anyway is called Tam Lin. Like, that's his name. Anyway, it's a little on the nose. but And you know, if you've read the series you will understand all the plot points that I'm about to discuss. Again, spoilers. Going forward, I'm just going to act like you've read the series and you know what I'm talking about, respectfully. So she goes through, okay, Feyre. Okay, first of all, I just want the names in this series. Again, it's very fanficy. you know, like Feyre is her name. And, you know, I'm sure the author was going for some like unique like not like other girls name right because it is a reader insert fiction i don't think you really meant to view the title character Feyre as anything other but an extension of yourself you know so you can insert yourself into the story but anyway Feyre goes through all of that under the mountain all the, the three trials that she goes through the trauma, the illness, uh, for three months, for what? To end up with someone else? Don't get me wrong, I, I like how it ended up, but really? Like, she went through all of that to end up with another person. It just seems so, like, wasteful. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I guess you can see that she has a capacity for love and it opens up a lot of plot points that are later developed, but like, really? <laughs> there couldn't have been another way. <laughs> you know, also, Feyre, the main character, she's very flat. Of course, like I say, it's intentional. You're meant to just insert yourself. But like, she's very one-dimensional. You see her go through a little bit of character development. Like, Maybe like a mid-sized amount of character development, but not nearly as much as the supporting characters do. And like, why do you think that, again, this is the self-insert thing. Why do you think the author used such heavy imagery over what she's wearing, right? Like the Starfall dress and the, the, the night court garb, like so descriptive. But the author... I think only takes the time to describe her features once or twice. You'd never really get a sense for what Feyre actually looks like, aside from the color of her hair, which is golden brown. How many people have golden brown hair? A zillion. (laughs) 
you know, she, she's never looking in a mirror. I think there's one scene in the entire series where she's looking in a mirror, like examining her features and getting a little bit descriptive. And I also, I don't love the whole, you know, she essentially becomes rich and doesn't even care. You know, she's been poor and starving her whole life and she can barely bring herself to enjoy a bit of luxury. I think maybe because it's set in like a weird time period, but this is also bringing her back to she's not like other girls, right? It doesn't matter. Things don't matter. Like it's okay if you want to enjoy the luxuries in life if you've been poor and you've come into money. Even if you're poor, you can still enjoy your life. Like it doesn't have to be complaints all the time. Like I don't know how many scenes I read where she's like, oh, I have too many things. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm different. I'm special. It's like, okay, we get it. On the topic of time periods, it's kind of weird. I don't know where. Yeah, I think you are supposed to imagine it as sort of like a, not medieval, but sort of like olden time, like fantasy-ish setting kind of like lord of the rings i guess but it's like they have bathrooms right they say the word toilet at least twice i've read the word toilet at least twice this is modern plumbing okay but there's no mention of electricity (laughs) there's fires roaring in the hearth and fey light slash candlelight in every single scene but not a lamp like she has a toilet but in order to get around and see in the dark, she has to light a candle. Like, it just doesn't make sense. I think it's partly because poor writing, but also I think the author wanted the audience to know that the characters could get clean, you know, bathe for obvious reasons, right? Spicy stuff. But she drew the line at good lighting, right? That was too much. You know what else is too much? The clothing. One minute they're wearing tunics and gowns, and the next minute the main character is described as wearing, of course, again, uh, one of the million outfit descriptions. Like she's wearing black leggings and an oversized sweater in like every scene that she's in. It's like, why not make it a little bit more obvious that you're catering to? 2017 fan art culture do you know what i mean like it's like tunics and then leggings and sweaters it's like ariana grande and legolas like pick one do you know what i mean and oh this i'm i'm reading off some kind of point not a script per se but like some point form talking points (laughs) let's talk about the embarrassing growling, baring teeth, hissing, purring. Okay. Like in every scene, you know, you read the sentence, she bared her teeth, or it was all I could do to not bare my teeth. And he let out a snarl and he was growling. And it's like, what? (laughs) It's embarrassing. It's a secondhand embarrassment. with the copious scenes where they're gnashing their teeth at each other and like growling it's giving the kid that you went to school with that maybe liked anime a little too much like it's like hissing at you on the playground you know what i mean that i it, it takes me right out of it some scenes felt realistic um i liked the second book the best 
and uh, obviously like I, I kind of wish that I could read it again for the first time do you know what I mean to have that feeling that I had because it was really good like it was very immersive it was great storytelling I think that was her strongest book and I think if I'm not mistaken on the book talk section of, of TikTok that is generally considered to be the best book it's thrilling. Like it was really, like aside from all the gnashing of teeth and like weird time period and stuff like that, like it was, it was really well done. Like slow burn romance, thrilling, lots of action, lots of fantasy, lots of world building and lore, but like not so much world building that you're overwhelmed, right? Also, the fandom on TikTok is a little bit too much, a little bit too much, a little toxic, um, kind of scary. And I found out that there actually will be a show on Hulu slash Disney Plus. And it's going to be, the showrunner is the same guy who did Outlander. So make of that what you will. <laughs> um, I hope it means that it's not going to be like Riverdale. Do you know what I mean? Or like some dumb adaptation. Uh, I, I, at the time of writing this, I wrote that I have a book hangover in the current tense. And I still kind of do. It has abated a little bit. Mostly the book hangover, again, of course, is for the second book. I don't know, it just hit right for me. And I haven't had a book hangover in a while, so I feel like that means something went right somewhere. One final point, I'll, I'll, actually two final points I'll make about the series. There's a constant, you know, mishmash of... Greek mythology references and fairy tale references. You know, it's got Hades and Persephone, uh, Mount Olympus, Beauty and the Beast. Like, there's just so much. Um, and it's a little bit jarring. Like, you have characters who are named after Greek gods or, like, have Greek god-adjacent names. But then you have... Uh, one of the title characters who turns into a beast and almost directly follows the plot of Beauty and the Beast, you know? Um, also, the final point I'll make, it, she uses a lot of the same words and a lot of the same scenarios, I guess. Like, the title character has... It's clear <laughs> the title character has, like, IBS or some sort of gastric issue because it's constant like I was nauseous I was throwing up like my bowels turned to water literally the sentence my bowels turned to water was used I think twice in a chapter like it's a little much um and she uses just a lot of the same words like when she's describing someone who's like very powerful she uses the word limbed l-i-m-n-e-d so l-i-m as in mother n as in nancy e-d limbed in power and it's like, okay, use it twice in a page. Like, we understand you've learned a new word that day and that's the word you wanted to use in your book. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like I said earlier, it's like having a chocolate cake or, you know, watching a really good reality series. You're not going to walk away having felt like your world was changed. But I think that the Court of Thorns and Roses series is an excellent gateway into other very popular books, modern retellings, other book talk recommendations that may not be as popular. 
I think that I have actually gone out and bought another book that a lot of users said was similar, but maybe a little bit more well-written. It's called A Touch of Darkness, and it's a Hades and Persephone retelling. I haven't read it yet. I'm planning on reading it hopefully next month. And because I have to get through the last book in the Thorns and Roses series first, but I do think it's like, if you like to read, but you have a busy life, I think this is like a good starting point. And if maybe you like to read, but you haven't read in a while, you like fantasy, like little fairies, you like a little spicy, you know what I mean? It's a good, solid starting point. And book talk can get a little bit toxic because I feel like people want to analyze and gatekeep and just kind of like get upset about these things. And it's like, books are to be enjoyed. If you don't like it, it's fine. But lots of people do. And that's fine, you know? But I think you can you can poke fun and have a good joke like about the different sort of things that stand out to you and still enjoy it and still be honest that you enjoy it. So that brings us, let's see where we're at. We're at 23 minutes. I have plans for upcoming episodes that I'm really excited about. One of which is going to be me interviewing my mother. She's an aspiring author, and I'm going to interview her about her agency that she works with, how close she is to publishing, what is involved in getting published, what it's like being a writer. She's been a writer for 10 years, and I'm a writer, like I'm a, I'm a, commercial writer, we'll say. She's, you know, an author. Like, I'd never call myself an author, please. I can barely author my own podcast episodes, but I am really excited to sit down with her and discuss the differences between our two professions and what she loves about hers and just kind of get a little deeper into it. I realize that was a terrible explanation, but Jennifer's coming, y'all. So you can find her on Instagram. And her handle is Jennifer Major Writer. With that being said, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Chain on the Rocks. Bye.